name's Camden. I'm here with my friend Nathaniel. Nathaniel, how's your day going? It's going well. Uh, just wrapping up a weekend here. Uh, March Madness time. I don't know anything about college basketball, but as a basketball podcast, let's acknowledge that's the thing that happened. It, There's been it's, madness, it's and it's and it's been March, Camden. It's been March. I've been actively rooting against uh, Duke, as is my way, but otherwise I have no real uh, horse in this race. Well, uh, evidently a lot of people's uh, brackets have been busted already with with Kentucky. Yeah, I was pleased that's with crazy. that, too. That's, that's is crazy. Is Calipari a bad coach? I don't really know anything about college basketball, but it seems like they don't win as much as you would think with their crazy talent. Some, some teams like Alabama stand top and others some don't. don't. Yeah. Okay. Of course, I'm talking about college football right now. But well, I don't know. we should probably seems... get into a realm that we actually know what we're talking about. <laughs> well, it's been great talking to you folks. I... <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. That's a good point. Actually, what's funny is I say that, and then I'm going to talk about a WNBA thing that I definitely don't know anything about. Uh, but anyway, I feel like this Brittany Griner thing, uh, for those of you who don't know, she is a WNBA star, probably comparable to... Joel Embiid and her stature in the WNBA. Um, but because WNBA players don't get paid much, most of them play in Europe or in Russia. And she just got detained in Russia like a week or two ago. And as far as we know, her she might get released in May is the last I heard. Some kind of drug-related charges, but who even knows the validity of that given what we know about Putin. But anyway, I just feel like this should be a massive story. And I hear about it a little bit, but not a ton. And I just wanted to say, this is crazy. Brittany Griner is a star, and she's getting caught up in this whole war that's wild anyway. Yeah, it's like a bargaining chip or something. Just horrible. I know, and it's just, you know, not that she's any more important than any other human being detained by Russia. But, but she's a WNBA star, yeah. It's just wild that it's uh, you don't hear more about it and that it's still going on. But... Anyway, on to something lighter. We were going to talk about Sadiq Bey, because you may remember those loyal to the NASDAQ index. Camden, much to my chagrin, is, is much invested in Sadiq Bey. That's right. I was chasing the rainbow, the rainbow prism of his rookie card. And I have a pink cracked dice and an orange cracked dice. And a please, please read all wave, of them, Camden. Purple wave, a red wave, two red, white, and blues, a disco prism, a silver prism. Oh, here's another purple prism, a green prism, and a base card. There's feel, 12, 12 in all, by the way. Do you feel amazing having all these cards with the exact same picture? I was chasing the rainbow, man. I mean, was, this is what I did with my Christmas money. And he scored 51 points. I'm, I know. You were you were ahead of me on this one. I didn't see this coming, Camden. So I assume you, you sold them and made a huge profit and are, are ready to crow right now. <laughs> I have not listed them yet, but I think I will probably do that right now after our podcast. Camden's glacial eBay pace. I'm glad he's not the one <laughs> selling our things. He's like, oh, I heard about a 51-point game by this player who's never done anything like that. I'm going to hey, wait man. five days to list them. Hey, man, this was in my PC. I wasn't planning on selling, but it's it's an opportune time. All right. All right. I, I agree with it being past being an opportune time. <laughs> Steph Curry hurt himself and is out for probably the rest of the regular season. That's uh, I don't like that. A horrible thing to happen to, you know, such a star. And, and uh, I just wish 
you know, <laughs> yeah. I might add it. I might edit this part out a little okay. bit. <laughs> <laughs> I think this part is great. You were just like so overcome with emotion. I mean, I love Steph Curry too, but I, I'm I'm impressed by your by the depth of your feelings here. Isn't it kind of crazy though? Like, so Clay Thompson was out. He's finally ready to come back. Draymond Green gets hurt and plays with him for like 15 seconds, and then. Draymond Green finally comes back and Steph Curry gets hurt. Like, is this team just not meant to be this year? What? It's just kind of wild. Yeah, they've had just horrible luck with injuries ever since finals. Yeah, since KD and Clay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. Um, there's so many interesting hypothetical teams this year. Like the Warriors, if all these guys come together, seem like a juggernaut. Brooklyn is like the most hypothetical team of all time. Um <laughs> Everyone like Camden seems to believe in hypothetical James Harden that performs uh, in the playoffs, I mean. So, I don't know. I really don't know what to predict in the playoffs other than that I believe in the Suns. But even they, Chris Paul's out until the playoffs, so I don't know. Yeah, it's, it seems pretty wide open for the most part, doesn't it, this year? It does. Last topical thing we were going to mention, both Kyrie and Cat scored 60 in the last week, and multiple guys had 50, but... In my PC, I, I took this opportunity to sell off some cat and did well with that. So I, I love cat, but I, I'll take the profit right now. Yeah, absolutely. Kyrie uh, was definitely a mess earlier, but man, when he's on the court. He's just, For, he's I think so he's on good. the court like two more times this regular season. It's something <laughs> crazy like that. Because they're playing the Knicks and they're playing Toronto coming up. So like he's just really not playing at all the rest of the year. Oh. It's, it's wild. Yeah. This cra- How many points did he have that one game? It was 61. 60. 60. I, I thought 60. it was exactly 60. And I, I watched it as he was approaching it, and he did get a little bit. Uh, he was definitely seeking the 60 once it was coming into the one. <laughs> but he's he can go. His ball handling such that he can take three guys on and score. Well, uh, he's making up for lost time or lost games. I do want to say one thing that I hate about listening to a bunch of basketball podcasts like I do is no one like apologizes for their bad takes, but I don't know how many guys were making fun of Cat earlier this year and how he can't be your alpha, and Anthony Edwards is definitely the best player on their team. I'll even say wow. specifically uh, Chris Vernon, who I enjoy on the mismatch. He says that kind of stuff all the time. Where's everybody now? Cat's amazing, and he always has been. Well, I know your take on the two. You're not much for Anthony Edwards anyway, so. Well, he, no, I think he's good, but he's not as good as Cat right now. No way. No, I never did think he was. I, I could see a world in which he is eventually, but right now it's not close. All right, ooh, one thing that I wanted to say for sure is um, by the time you hear this podcast, you should hear our podcast we recorded with Gary from Hoops and Cards, a podcast both of us love and would recommend. And we were also on his podcast, which was awesome. Yeah, and that's Uh, Hoops and Cards podcast. And I am a proud Hoops Plus subscriber, as I mentioned on our episode with Gary. Yeah, follow him on Instagram. He's great to message. He'll, He'll message you back. Like I was just messaging him in response to his episode today. Anyway, we both love Gary. And are very grateful, like, obviously, him coming on our little podcast isn't 
going to build his brand much at this point, but him having us on there is really helpful. So we really appreciate that and had fun talking with him. But anyway, on the podcast, we talked about Tyrese Maxey because Camden and Gary both love Tyrese Maxey. And there was enough going on that I didn't get to finish my take on that. And I would like to do so, Camden. So as soon as uh, Gary leaves, then then you trash yeah, his take? Is that what's going on here? No, no, no. I just All I got to say <laughs> on there was that, like, can the third best player on a team have ho- hobby value? But I actually have one statistical argument that I would like to make. Okay, go ahead. So, in his college year, with a shorter three-point line, he shot 29% on three-pointers. In his rookie season, he shot 30% on three-pointers. And this year, last time I looked, he's at 42%. So maybe he's getting better, man. Maybe, but yet this also happens to players like Miles Bridges or <laughs> De'Aaron Fox or Julius Randle. Like, I have a little trouble buying someone all of a sudden becoming a pure shooter who never has been. And and I'll acknowledge, like, it's a much shorter career for Maxi at this point. So it could be that he just got some NBA coaching and he's a a great three point shooter now. But that does give me pause for sure. Like, sometime look through your basketball reference on. On De'Aaron Fox specifically, he has this outlier like 38% year and every other year is like 29% on threes, which makes a huge difference for a guard. So that that is the other thing that I wanted to bring up on that podcast that I didn't have a chance to. So are you predicting he's going to regress to the mean? Um, I'm saying there's a better chance of it than people are acknowledging by just assuming that this growth is, is who he is going forward. I'm not saying he will for sure, but I'm saying that it's a big risk. All right. Well, I'm still high on him, but uh, I understand. And also, you had mentioned earlier uh, something about, you know, name the third best player on a championship team with any significant hobby value. So or, is that uh, not on a, any team? On any team. So is that uh, you predicting that the Sixers are going to win the championship this year? <laughs> no, that's why I said that disclaimer before you even <laughs> said that foolishness. <laughs> I would not be shocked if they don't get out of the first round if they, <laughs> if they can't duck the Nets, which they definitely well, want to duck. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> Who wouldn't uh, want to duck the Nets? Seriously. I think the, the Heat are prideful enough that they wouldn't try to duck anyone, but they probably should. We'll, um, see, we'll, we'll see if uh, Kyrie is playing basketball regularly by then. Well, they're definitely going to have four games with him per series because uh, they're going to not have home court. That's for sure. <laughs> Unless they're in Toronto. Man, can you imagine that if they have to play He wouldn't this... even get to play. Yeah, if the 7-8 game is between those two teams. I sure hope it is because I'm starting to be afraid it's going to be my Bulls who are just cratering. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what is going on with the Bulls imploding? Um, I mean, I've been making the defense, or the, yeah, the defense, that it's because all their defenders are out. But now they have Caruso back. Levine's dealing with this knee thing. I think there's some natural regression for for DeRozan happening. Yeah, I don't know, though. Maybe they're just not that good. The whole year, they haven't beat very many teams that are better than them. I think last I knew, their record was like 4-16 and 16 or something against team with a, teams with a better record than they have. I don't know. I If I go back to my mindset coming into the season, it's still a highly successful year, but I'm much less optimistic that there's anything other than one round of playoffs ahead of them. Well, that's that's too bad because they had such a hot start. Yeah, and I think there's still I would still be scared to play a team like that in the playoffs when you know we know what Levine and DeRozan can do as shooters. But yeah, I'm a little worried. So, what do you think of Katie's take uh, of the 
top four uh, MVP picks that he had. Did you hear about that? No, I didn't. What, what were his picks? All right. So he said Joel. Wait, wait. Let me let me guess because players have okay. a very all right. Players have a particular take, and for some reason they're they're probably not gonna like Jokic. So I'm gonna say he <laughs> says Embiid. He says DeRozan. He says John Morant. And ooh, who's the last one? Um, Giannis. Actually, he left Giannis off, and Jokic was the was the kind of like I guess I would put him fourth pick. That's crazy. Yeah. This is why players shouldn't vote for MVP because they <laughs> and why they. I mean, I love Michael Jordan, but check his uh, Charlotte Hornets uh, drafting history and and see if you want to take the player's word for who the best player is all the time. Well, I'm impressed that you got three out of the four anyway. It's kind of amazing that he didn't mention Giannis in this conversation at all. Yeah, I actually, I think in a couple of weeks we should discuss all this stuff and make our final predictions, or not even predictions, but who we think should win. But I actually think it should be Giannis and Jokic are, are the top two, and then Embiid's after that. Uh, but I don't think that's how it's going to go. KD gave the edge to Joel Embiid. Yeah, and I would... Joel Embiid's a strong third, in my opinion, but I do think he's third. He's not the defender that Giannis is, especially this year. I don't know if you've watched them, but he's clearly resting a little bit on defense, which is fair with his load on offense, but he's not the defender he once was. Anyway, shall we get to the actual topic of this episode? Yeah, let's do it 15 minutes later. Yeah, right. That should be enough time. So we kind of thought it would be good to do a sort of a state of the union with our card investments since that was kind of part of the premise of this thing is we're gonna talk about basketball players and basketball cards and and then see how we can do investing you know up to a thousand dollars at any given time see what kind of return we can get on it with the goal of making 250 dollars to pay for our league pass subscription so i thought we would check in on that with the listeners and say how we're doing yeah we're going to be talking about a lot of kd Yeah, seriously. So let's start with what we've sold. So we have sold, uh, let's see how many cards now. It looks like about 18 cards, 17 maybe. And so far our profit on those cards is a little over $600. So if you just take into account what we've bought and sold, we've blown past our goals for profits from buying and selling basketball cards. How do you feel about that, Cam? It's actually amazing to me because... First of all, everybody's talking about what a down market it is when you're referencing a year ago. Well, those people are buying Tyrese Maxi can. <laughs> oh, oh no, JK. Just... Those people buying Tyrese Maxi are doing just fine. Those people were buying Zion, is what they were doing. <laughs> well, the whole market is down. I mean, it is. It's it so, is. But you know, this goes to show that you can still make money and. A bear market, so to speak, right? I mean, yeah. This is, so and our, so, I wanted also like that number. Maybe we've spent, you know, all told, tons of money to get that. But um, I looked at what our versus what we bought the cards for, and we've got a thirty-two percent return on the cards we've bought and sold. So that even more than the six hundred dollars feels uh, feels great to me. That seems like a a pretty awesome return. And this is. Just to be clear, this is taking into account shipping expenses and eBay expenses and, and all those things. This is just the actual like money that we get after all those fees that go into buying and selling cards. Yeah, and we've bought mostly on auctions, just making sure that we've been disciplined with it, and then selling them 
for a buy it now price. You exactly. Know, and, and so it's, you know, exactly how much you're going to make. And yeah. yeah, it's worked out well, <laughs> a lot better than either of us expected. Yeah, for sure. I did not expect this. So our best investment like Camden uh, previewed has been, you could argue it two ways. Either we've done the best buying and selling tops products or the exact same thing as Kevin Durant products because every every <laughs> Kevin Durant card we've bought has been tops and every tops card we've bought has been Kevin Durant. But we've made a 44% return on Kevin Durant so far and that's on a total of 10 cards. So that's that's been really good. Every one of them has been rookies, obviously. So that's been our best and well, overall our best investment. Our best one card investment was a Nikola Jokic uh, Revolution PSA 9 rookie card that we made a 79% return on. Yeah. <laughs> we need to buy more Jokic, clearly. Some other guys, we've bought and sold three Donovan Mitchell cards at this point, made about 70 bucks on him, but only a 27% return, so slightly worse than what we've done overall. We sold a couple 2012 Prism PSA 9s of AD and Jokic. Not Jokic. I wrote Jokic there, but it's Kawhi. And we made about $100 on that, which was actually right at our 32% profit, which is our average. So that was pretty good. Do you want to go through some of these card types that I listed broke down here and, and how we've done on them, maybe just percentage-wise? Yeah, autographs. And again, these are rookie autographs. And on those, Brogdon and Mitchell made a 33% return and the dollar amount's uh, just over $79. Uh, raw cards, ungraded, obviously, $55, which is with 37% return graded cards. We've done very well on those. And we all also had a higher percentage invested into graded cards. So we made over $550, which was a 32% return on that. Prism, Nathaniel's favorite brand. We have done uh, not so much actually, but anyway, we made $103, which is a 31% return. I just gotta say that's worse than our average. So we should probably just quit with the Prism, Camden. 31%. <laughs> horrible rather than our average of 32. <laughs> well, 103 is high, is also higher than a lot of these other things on the... I know, I was just joking. <laughs> Go, you know what, going into this though, being the totally unbiased person that I am, I was really hoping the Prism stats would be horrible and, and unfortunately I can't say that they are. <laughs> All right, so Select, which is one of Nathaniel's preferred brands, we made a 30% return on, which is 1% worse. That's true. And $67 we've made. Uh, Non-PRISM and select Panini, $166, 25% return. So basically all of the Panini products that are not PRISM or select, we've made just a little bit less return on those. Tops we've done obviously very well. The KD numbers from, uh, and then also 2018 and later, uh, some more recent cards, we made 20 bucks or 23%. So we've actually invested more into pre-2018 cards and also into more established stars. Yeah, and obviously, like, this is not just some random thing. This is us doing these investments. So, like, my bias is that 2018 and later is overproduced and also currently more expensive because these players are more on people's minds so, so it's that's almost gonna, a little bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy there. yeah yeah i'm not gonna say there's anything that this says about the market i do think maybe it says something about what's smart for us to do going forward like we obviously have done well when we've honed in on on kd and Jokic. we've done well on on raw cards i found that really interesting actually that our percentage was so good on those and 37 yeah yeah 
and we've done well on graded cards as well at right at 32 percent so i don't know i think it just kind of helps sort of think about where we've done well where we've done less well maybe where since a lot of this uh looking at the cards and and then sending them to camden is from me maybe it's not even worth my time to look at more recent cards because i'm just not good at spotting which ones are a strong investment because i'm kind of bored by them in general <laughs> uh, so i don't know i any takeaways from you looking at those stats camden yeah it's pretty amazing that we've just done so well with kd and Jokic. i mean those, those are the first ones percentage wise that really stand out the most we've invested a lot more into graded cards i think it's not like these cards have grown a lot in value necessarily it's just that we've gotten them under market value to begin yeah. with yeah exactly so i do think it's more of that like just maybe knowing the kind of cards that are sometimes underlooked at so like not a lot of these cards have been psa 10s most have been psa 9s so i think there are a whole there's a whole segment of the hobby that doesn't even look at anything that's not a psa 10 but they obviously have a lot of value still so i i think maybe just kind of knowing your your niche like i know that i love kd i know i kind of like some of his offbeat rookie cards i know that Jokic is amazing and also didn't have that many rookie cards so even like something like revolution that's typically not a big product but in 2015 and having a graded version when he's really only come to prominence in the last couple of years like that that's going to have more value than you'd expect and be a really low pop card I, I think i find that when i can list a card on ebay and be like pop 23 those cards sell better like when people can look at it and know right away oh wow there's not this many of that card out there so I that think, that right there just says graded cards are better <laughs> which obviously we know that but they're also more expensive to, to begin with yeah i mean i being the collector that i am i don't know that i agree with you but i i think there are ways in which you can sell them more easily for sure um although we've done well on the raw cards we have bought i think it's just a lot harder to comp raw cards because you can put in kevin durant bowman sterling psa 9 2007 and no a rough range of what's reasonable for that card but if you just put in bowman sterling without the psa 9 you're getting ones whose corners are all jacked up you're getting ones that are perfect and so and you have to have someone who put good photographs on there and all those things so it's just harder to comp them and know with confidence what you should bid on raw cards but i i personally think raw cards are actually a pretty good way to go especially in person when you can look at them but harder on eBay for sure. I think they are harder on eBay. I mean, I've definitely gotten cards off of eBay and kind of realized, uh, not no, granted, not very often have I really gotten back a raw card and thought, oh, this is disappointing. <clears throat> but it's also happened to me before where I've thought it was in a little better condition than it than when it came. I actually had one the other day. I bought a really cool insert card from the '90s. And the photo showed the damage that there was with it, but I didn't see it when I was looking at it. So I had I had major regrets when the card arrived because there was like actual paper loss on the back of the card. So, uh, oh yeah. I mean, it was on me though. I didn't see it, so I couldn't like return right. it or something and say, you know. And they they smartly didn't say what the condition of the card was in the listing. But anyway, I wish I had looked at it better. Yeah, that makes sense. It just seems like graded cards are just a lot safer especially with ebay 
Yeah, I think they limit your upside a little bit because, like I said, anyone can do what I do of looking Everybody and seeing. Everybody knows what it is. Actually, yeah, yeah there's like basically a, almost a set price for them. So I think when you're buying on eBay auctions, they, they do limit your upside, especially for the like, I think that's part of why I, I personally steer away from Prism is that when you increase the statistical number of a card, which obviously, as I've said a million times, there's like way too many Prism cards. So when you're looking at a hundred results in the last few days of a PSA 9 Jason Tatum Prism rookie card, people know like down to within a couple of dollars what that card should go for. Um, so you're not going to get get some big arbitrage on that card. Another strategy that I think would be interesting is trying to buy raw cards and then getting them graded, which takes longer. But you know, some of these yeah. companies like SGC are pretty fast. Yeah. And then and then selling them after you get them graded. Yeah, I could see it. I, I think really it, done that, but I think if we did more in person buying, then then I'd feel more comfortable with that. But that would be relying on what we were just talking about, a lot of buying raw cards on eBay that are hard to see the condition of. Yeah. But I think it would be smart for us to start considering when we do buy a raw card to really investigate it and see, should we consider grading this? Because so far we've more just been like rapidly trying to flip them. But yeah, so I think that's something to think about. We, in terms of, so one way to look at this is that we've made $600. Another way to look at it is we're down $500 because we have $1,148 of outstanding investments. So we're trying to always stay below $1,000 total, which was our budget, which we're currently at like, when you take out our profits, we have like $500 spent basically. So, but we've never, what's the most we've ever had out at one point? It's never uh, been a thousand. It's never been a thousand, but I don't know. I can't say for sure what it is but looking at our list like we have some really awesome cards like just today we bought a bowman chrome kevin durant shocking kevin durant i know 2007 rookie for uh, and it's a bgs9 with amazing subgrade so it's got two tens one nine five and a nine um, wow <laughs> which is like i'm not really sure actually let me look at it because how, how is that not a nine five then Anyway, but I think we can, the least I've seen that sell for when I looked at the history is 400. So I think we're going to do great on that. I actually was tempted to propose to you, Camden, that we figure out how to cross grade it with PSA. Because a PSA 10 of that card goes for like $1,300. And PSA is more lenient on centering than BGS is. And that's what the lowest grade was on this card. So you want to crack it and then send it to your PSA? PSA I don't know. Isn't that scary though? <laughs> it scares the the poop out of me. <laughs> but yeah, let me look at it. So it's okay. So it has two nines: nine on centering and corners, ten on edges, and nine five on surface. But anyway, those are amazing subgrades on this card. Wouldn't it be a cool story if it tend though? I know. <laughs> I don't want to personally crack it. Is there some expert who will crack it? I'm terrified of that. If so, email us. NASHACKINDEX at gmail.com. Uh, or, or don't, because I'm not going to send my card to you. <laughs> Random person who emails me. If you have advice for for, oh, okay. for cracking it. I watched a video about yeah. it, and it looks scary. <laughs> but anyway, when I look at our list of outstanding purchases, we've got... We've got three Darius Garland cards, which I'm not at all worried about us losing money on. We've got um, a Zach Levine card, which I'm confident in. Got 
another Kevin Durant. We just got a John Morant level two Court Kings, which I think was a sweet buy, BGS 9.5. We've got a Bam out of bio autograph. So in general, I feel really good that we're doing fine with the cards that we haven't sold so far. There's a couple, like our DeAndre Hunter that was the first card we ever bought. I'm not super confident that I'm actually pretty confident we're going to lose money on that if we if we decide to sell it soon. There's some DeAndre Aytons, which I, I think he's a great player, but he tends to move slowly, but I, I'm not too worried about losing money on those. There's a couple stupid Prism-based Donovan Mitchells that I bought that I'm, I'm thinking at best I'm hoping to break even on. But uh, in general, I, I think we're doing well with our outstanding investments too. Yeah, our inventory. <laughs> exactly. We've got a one of our cool ones. We've got a Topps Chrome rookie of Kevin Durant, graded a 7, but... That made us be able to get it at a price where it's hard to get a Topps Chrome Kevin Durant. And other than his autographed rookies, that's his uh, most popular rookie card. So um, I'm I'm feeling good about that one. I got an offer at one point for $300 for that, but thought we could eventually do better. Anyway, the State of the Union is strong with NASDAQ Index Camden. <laughs> I'm impressed. When we were Our initial goal, again, was 250 bucks to pay for our shared league pass so this is all gravy yeah and uh, i guess the takeaway like like camden said in our very first episode we're not trying to say do what we do exactly and we guarantee results we're not guaranteeing any results but i would encourage you to sort of follow our strategy of finding a niche that you like and understand within the hobby really understand by looking at 130 point and other resources like that what a card should go for and then just kind of have a target in mind for particular cards and buy them when they go under that target and don't if they don't yeah so i would just encourage you not to follow necessarily not everyone loves kevin durand as much as i do but if you love tyrese maxi try to figure out what his card is that maybe is overlooked by others in the hobby and figure out what value you think is a good value for it and and take it from there yeah like for instance gary would never use this exact strategy poops and cars because he hates kd <laughs> i know and he's been our best investment but i i can understand that as a Cavs fan that he wouldn't like kd very much so it's it's just, it, it is what it is everyone other than me has their blind spots so i i get it okay <laughs> okay well we should probably wrap up is there anything you want to talk about before we go camden no just uh do you have a, you know what we haven't done, I was thinking of? Where's the steal of the week been? The steal of the week, you know, we sort of went the way of the bird of the week. We had these. In other words, taking a brief hiatus and back next week. I love it. Perfect. I'll look forward to both. <laughs> All right. Take care, everybody. We'll look forward to next week. All right. Bye. Bye.